go live. It says you are live. Yay, we are live. Let me see if, if, if Facebook says we are live. Yeah, let's let's see if what Facebook says. I'm looking and it says we are. So let me start my watch party. <laughs> As should everyone else who's watching right now. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We'll give folks some time. We'll give folks some time to to get acclimated and get settled into their chair and <laughs> have a beverage. Yes. Find their list of questions that they have been rabidly writing down over the last yes. couple of days. And it doesn't matter what the beverage is, whatever kind of fun beverage they want to have. Yeah, I have two beverages here, but I'm not going to tell you what's in which cup. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the perfect nice. tip. Being at home. <laughs> Very good. So how are you? I mean, I know we just saw each other yesterday because, you know, we were just on the radio together live yesterday in mm -hmm. person, which I know so much fun. I hope folks go back and listen to it. So I was earlier uh, you're doing what I normally do with your Valley today. So I was binge listening, but actually, I, well, I wasn't really binge watching, but I sort of was because I was listening to the link on YouTube with you and Carrie Holland, which uh -huh. was very interesting. And I was really enjoying it. But like I told you, you guys started talking about tourism videos um, uh -huh. that, that our surrounding communities have been doing for the, um, for the travel and tourism week that we're having right now. And then of course, Virginia, um, the Virginia tourism corporation is doing this great promotion, uh, which is, we'll be waiting for you. You know, I'm, I am so, I just so blessed. I feel like we're very blessed to have not only the tagline we have because Virginia's for lovers, I think is the absolute best tagline, but our, um, you know, they tried to get rid of that. And it, there was such an uproar that they decided maybe that wasn't a smart idea. And I'm glad because it's, you know, the, the, with the love works that we've got all over, you know, all over the state and uh, just with the traction that that particular tagline gets, I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, but they have this great promotion going on right now that's we'll be waiting for you. And it's super simple, but it, you know, it speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of localities that have been doing some great takes on that and producing some really great videos with just beautiful footage of, you know, of their areas and their businesses and their locals and, um, you know, just stuff that really makes you want to go visit there. So I ended up down that rabbit hole when you guys were talking about that. So um, I'm working on, on another committee where, you know, we're talking about some of the recovery efforts and things like that and things that we can do moving forward. So there's some really good examples and stuff out there um, for things we can do moving forward. So at one point or another, I'm going to get back to that interview to finish listening to it. I was uploading the interview from today's show. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I spoke with Mark Merrill, who's the CEO at Valley Health. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the reopening for elective surgeries and what plan they have in place right. and how they're going to approach it. And we got into all of that. At the end of the show, he had a list of it. There must have been at least a half a dozen, if if not more than that, of people in the community who have reached out to them, who have done things for them. Ferguson has donated N95 masks. Fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was insane. There was a kid in. Woodstock who broke open his piggy bank. He was eight years old. He broke open his piggy bank and he took it to Shenandoah Memorial hospital. And he said, this is my life savings, but I think that the sick people here might need it more than I do. It wow. was $7 and 87 cents. The nurses were so taken by it that they did a matching fundraiser and raised $3,000. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So, but when I logged in to put that show up on the website for today, I noticed it at whatever time it was about a half an hour ago. Um, I had 268 podcast listens already today. So now I know one of them was you. <laughs> yeah, it was me. Yes. I try to listen to all of them because they are very, in, they are very informative. So, so we've got some folks watching. So I would encourage right. you if you're watching, Shoot us a, you know, give us a like, shoot us a wave, shoot us a funny emoji, something like that. Get your questions ready. Um, 
because we've got some good information for you. I see Sue Lawrence is out there watching. Sue with White Picket Fence and Key Move Properties. Hi, Sue. Thank you for watching us. So, Janet, what are we talking about today? When I get started, we're talking about five social media strategies that you should be using right now. You should have been using them all along, but we can't always fault people for not knowing you don't know. I'm hoping I've been using them. I feel like you would have told me by now if I'm not, but we'll see. So I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So I, I, I joked with you before we went to Facebook that I have graphics. So I'm going to be very uh, kindergarten-esque. <laughs> and I'm going to say, all right, number all right. one, pick one, maybe two. You do not have to be on every social media network. Right. You're not going to be able, especially at this stage in the game, if you haven't already been active on them, there is no way you're going to catch up and it's going to be a hot mess and it's probably going to do more damage than it is be of benefit for you or your business. Sure. Mm -hmm. So pick one. And when you pick that one, do it to the best that you can. And I say maybe two, because in a lot of instances, that one is Facebook. And the second one is Instagram. And they're kind of interchangeable in that when you post on Instagram, you can also share that post to Facebook. It's one of the few uh, sharing mechanisms that I endorse from a social media perspective. You right. can't share from Facebook to Instagram because Instagram is a whole different format. But maybe two, and in that case, the other one would be Instagram. But you have got to do... Pretend like it's the only one that you're doing. You've uh -huh. got to realize what kind of time commitment that it takes. Don't yeah. think, okay, I'm going to throw everything I have into Facebook, and then you're only going to make one post every couple of days. That wasn't going to work before the pandemic, and it is certainly not working now that we're in the middle of it. Well, you know, and I know one of those things uh, that I utilize really frequently is the schedule button. So if I have, oh, uh -oh never You're mind. Skipping ahead to a tip. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Keep <laughs> going, Janet. But yeah, I mean, think about who your customers are. And you know how I preach and preach and preach mm -hmm. about knowing who your customers are because your customers might be more on Instagram than they are Facebook. So choosing Facebook as your one social media network is not the smartest choice. So right. you got to know who your customers are first. And then you have to understand that particular social network and know what works, what types of posts that you should be making. You've got to understand, again, the time commitment that it's going to take to put into some of those so tip number one, pick one, maybe two, but you don't have to be on all of them. And now is probably not the time to pull off of any that you're doing really well and try something new. Right. Mm -hmm. Try something new, but don't take away from what you're already doing because you got you to gotta stick with what's working. And yeah. yeah, as much as people like to say, oh, I have so much more time now, the reality is most of us don't have that much more time. Well, and you have to be where your audience is, right? I mean, yes. you have to, you know, like you said, you have to know your audience and you really have to know where they are. All right. So you ready for tip number two? I am. Tip number two, images uh, and video are greater than or images and video over text. <laughs> ah, See what nice. I did there? I do. <laughs> So the other thing that a lot of people, and I think most people know this, but they don't always understand the ins and the outs of it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to post on any of the social media networks, I mean, Instagram, the only thing you can do is post photos or videos. Right. But if you're going to post on the social media networks, image photos, um, memes, not so much memes, but photos and videos Mm -hmm. always will get you more traction and more interaction, more engagement than just making a simple text status update. Right. So whenever possible, use an image, use a video. And I'm going to talk a little bit more at rule number five about videos. But people like to look at pictures. I mean, again, how fast do you go through and scroll through all of your social media feeds? When you're on Facebook, are you stopping and looking and reading every single post? Yeah. You're just scrolling yeah. through and yeah. then something catches your eye, right. usually a photo or a video, 
and then you stop and you look at it. So right. it makes sense mm -hmm. even from a personal psychological perspective. So whenever possible, use images, use video. They're going to get you a whole lot more bang for your buck than if you just post a lunch special without a photo or without something yes. to, to get people to stop and take a look at it more. Yeah. Are you ready for number three? Oh, wait. Okay. My screen went blank. Uh oh. Uh, number three. Uh, engage, yeah. engage, engage. Yeah. So the number one rule of Facebook is if you want more people to see the posts that you're making, Facebook judges you. It's kind of, it's one of the few reasons, one of the few things that I like about Facebook is that it's as judgy as I am. <laughs> hey, Janet, can I interrupt you for a minute to tell you that Ryan Jewell is engaging with us. And he I love us, Ryan. He called us studs. Oh, well, see, there you go. He, he's, he's my, he's, yeah. <laughs> I need to uh, I need to get him back on the show. I need to have him play it, do a concert for me on a show again soon. Yes, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the best part is he can come do it live in the studio because he can wear a mask while he's playing the guitar. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> so tip number three is engage. And that takes a whole lot of different forms. So before I get into what some of those are, I want to make sure that people understand how posts are graded and are judged mm -hmm. on Facebook. So yeah. the average business makes a Facebook post and less than typically less than 1% of the people who like that page will see that post in their Facebook feeds. Mm -hmm. Unless you pay for it, right. less and less people are seeing your posts organically. Mm -hmm. So what Facebook does is it takes a look at each of these individual posts and it has, it's, a, it's an algorithm. It's not a person that's doing it. It's a computer program that they've written and it will look at a post and it grades it. Mm -hmm. The first grade that it gets is what kind of post is it? If it has a picture or it has a video, Facebook automatically gives it a check and it gets a little bit higher priority because yeah. they also understand yeah. that's what people want to see. The next thing that it looks at is what kind of engagement or interaction does it have from the people who have seen it? So if you make a post and it goes out and you get a dozen people that see it and they comment and you comment back and you have a conversation with them, that throws up a little red flag in Facebook's in Facebook land and Facebook says, oh, People are responding to this. Maybe it's a little bit more important than we initially gave it credit. So instead of showing it to 1% of their fans, let me show it to 2% and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So the more engagement, the more comments, the more reactions that you get on a post will help that post go out to more people. Right. So that's the, the big thing from a Facebook grading perspective. The second part of that is it is a great way to be able to have a conversation with people who have liked your page. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you make a post and somebody has a comment, maybe they have a question. Andrew's laughing at me on our, on my watch party. He doesn't <laughs> think we're studs. So, <laughs> so if you make this post and somebody comments, answer them, agree with them, answer a question. If they've asked a question, anything to create that conversation because that conversation is going to help you in two ways. It's going to help you because Facebook is going to see the engagement on that page and send it out to more of your fans. But it's also going to help you start that relationship with that person who likes your Facebook page. Right. And the other thing that I always preach about after know who your customers are, once you know who they are, you got to have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. They have to feel like they know you or they know someone in your business or that they are connected to you in some way. And answering a post on a Facebook page is the simplest, easiest way that you can do that. So so this is going back a little bit, but why don't you quickly tell the story about your um, your coffee maker? <laughs> So my coffee maker died several years ago and it was, it was a gift. It was a Christmas gift, um, I think for my parents and it was a bun. My coffee cup here. I got 
a coffee cup here. I am locked and loaded and ready to get through this Facebook Live. So I am all about the coffee. I'm on my third pot today, and this is a slow day for me. Coffee maker dies, and as much as I love that bun and the fact that it brews a whole pot of coffee in less than four minutes, yeah, I was not going to spend $150 on another bun. I just, I, I could not justify that in my penny-pinching ways. So Tim and I head to Target. I'm standing in the aisle at Target, and I get on Twitter, and I send a tweet and say, my at bun coffee maker died today. I'm at Target. I'm tagging everybody, trying to decide between this Mr. Coffee and whatever the other brand was. I get a tweet back from Mr. Coffee saying, well, obviously, we want you to pick us. And then I get a private message from Bun asking me if I made my choice. So I'm having this whole direct message back and forth with them. I was explaining to them that mine died. So they were trying to find out maybe if it was something that could be fixed. Was it still under warranty? All of this information. A week, I guess it's a week later. I leave. I go back to Target because now I'm going to buy a coffee maker because I'm just I'm over the coffee maker thing. I come home. Tim and I pull in the driveway and there's a box on the front porch. And of course, he looks at me with the what did you order now? Thing because you know there's always a box on the porch from somebody for something and I said I don't know we bring the box inside open it up it is a brand new $150 coffee maker from bun with a card inside from somebody named Jason who says thanks for the shout out on your social media we hope this makes your decision making process a whole lot easier I just, I, it blew up my social media. I mean, I put it on my Facebook. I put it on my Instagram. I put it on my Twitter. I did everything because now I am a, I have bought two bun coffee makers since then. $150 be damned. I bought two bun coffee makers since then because now I feel like they get me. Right. That's the kind of relationship that you want people to have with you. And it really, as crazy as it sounds, it really does start on social media. It really does start on Facebook. Yeah. From the radio station perspective, the number of people that will freak out when one of the, the on-air guys makes a post and then they comment something and then they answer, it's like, oh my gosh, they answered me. I know them. It goes into this whole thing that now suddenly they're close personal friends because, you know, Rob Lowe and I are close personal friends because he liked one of my tweets. <laughs> nice. So it is really all about the engagement. And if you can just even think of something to start a conversation, mm -hmm. go back and say, hey, thanks for the comment. We're glad you thought that post was funny. Or, you know, we're struggling to try and meet the bar for how funny this post was. Any suggestions for right. what we could do in the future? Use your people to get the comments that you need to post for future posts. It's not, it, it's really not rocket science. So Janet, um, we've got some more comments. So first of all, Ryan has a hundred percent agreed. So you have him locked in for your yes. studio concert. So yes. you guys need to connect and get that done. Uh, Janet uh, Poe, uh, one of our newer chamber members. Hi, Janet. Thank you for listening to us today. She really enjoyed your story. Said it was a super story. Uh, Mrs. Sue Lawrence with White Picket Fence has a comment, Janet, that she says, I don't know, Janet, what I got from that story was that you went through four bun coffee makers in a really short time. Because <laughs> I make a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Jason Neal says, Facebook is the new classifieds for everything from selling something to getting a job. It, it really is. And mm -hmm. If you're not using it to its full extent, then you're wasting your time. And these sure. days, none of us have any time that is, it's too valuable to waste. Right. And, and that's the key. And the other piece of that is use your page to go to other pages. Your yes. pa pages mm -hmm. now are allowed to join groups. So go out and find these groups. Now, some of these groups, quite frankly, even personal people should just be staying away from and they shouldn't be a part of. But that's a whole nother show for a whole nother day. <laughs> yeah. But 
use your page to join some of these groups and make posts or comment back. If you're a business who frequently does business with another business down the street or in a neighboring city or county, and you know their products are good or you know their staff is phenomenal, use your page in the comment section to go in and say, hey, we love them. We use them all the time. Because what that does is if the people of that page didn't know you existed, now they've seen you in the comments. They mouse over your name and suddenly your little thing pops up and they can like your page. But it's just a great way to get your name out there. And it doesn't take that much time. If you're going to be trolling through Facebook anyway, troll through Facebook as your page instead of as your person. Right. Right. Exactly. And you'll see that a lot on things where people have posted things and you'll see where a page has liked a post. I try to go back in whenever somebody tags the station on any of my radio shows and like the posts that they've shared. Karen Poff is phenomenal at this. Anytime mm -hmm. she does a radio show, she goes in and she puts it out on her page and she'll tag the station. She'll tag me. I always try to go back in and at a minimum like or love that post. So then people see the river. And then they click on it and then maybe they become a fan of ours or they end up on our page and start looking at stuff and commenting on stuff. And then we start that relationship. Right. And Karen, I will say, I don't know if Karen is watching, but Karen, I will say, is an award winning radio show co-host now because yeah. she got herself an Associated Press Award Saturday at the Associated Press Awards for the show that we did last year, Nine Ways Hackers Will Steal Your, Will Use Your Information. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Karen congratulations. has yes. congratulations on all of those awards for you and the station. And um, we shared uh, that link in our e-connections yesterday. And of course, they can get the information on the Facebook page and on the website, the River 953 website. Yes. Yep. The River953.com. And Andrew always says, well, we don't do it for the awards, but it's really good icing. And Andrew might not do it for the awards. <laughs> I do it for the awards. Right. right. <laughs> I think you so, do it because you enjoy it. Oh, I do. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the awards are, are the, the reason I love these particular awards so much is because they really are a big deal. I mean, this is the Associated Press of Virginia and West Virginia. So that means right. across the state, our little radio station in Front Royal, our little community-based radio station in Front Royal was not only on par with bigger stations all across the state, we won. We were better than them. So to me, it you know, I, I scream it from the rooftops every single time we win an award because I just think it's awesome. Oh yeah, I think I think it's terrific. It's good stuff. So, so that was number three. Engage, engage, engage. The other thing is wherever possible, try to tag people when you're talking back to them or making a comment. Usually Facebook inserts that tag automatically, but try to tag them because then they get a notification that you have answered that draws them back to your page. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So are we ready for number four? Yes. Number four. Timing is important because mm -hmm. the other thing in that grand judgment that Facebook has when they're judging how many people, whether it's a video or it's a photo or it's text, then they're looking at who's commenting and what kind of engagement it has. The other thing that it looks at is what kind of lifespan does it have? So the older a post is, the less traction it's going to get. Mm -hmm. So what happens is after usually a couple of hours up to 12 to 24 hours, if there hasn't been a lot of activity on that post, it gets even less and less and less traction. It's not going to come up in somebody else's post. So knowing when to post is the most valuable piece of information you can have. You want to make sure that you're making your posts on your Facebook page when you know the majority of people who like that page are also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And Facebook gives you that information. It's all right in their insights. You can go to the insights, the little insights tab. You can look at your posts. And at the top of that insights page, there is a, a graphic that looks like a giant whale. And okay. it's got, and at that, when you mouse over it, it tells you it'll light up Tuesdays at six. 
That's the peak. That's when the majority of your fans were online, or maybe it's Thursdays at 8, or it's Sundays at 10 a.m. It will tell you when the majority of the people who like your page are actually on Facebook. And that is when you need to be making the majority of your posts. Yep. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier, scheduling them. That information renews every week. And from one week to the next, how many people are on at what times of the day may change, especially now. How many people were on Facebook and may be able to look at your page today is probably dramatically different than those people six weeks, eight weeks, six months ago. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Well, you know, and it's a it's it's a time, you know, it's it's a time thing for me. I can sit down, you know, on a Sunday night or a Monday night and make posts for the next, you know, five to seven days. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's one less thing that, you know, when the week gets really busy and I'm, you know, I'm stretched for time and I really don't have any time. And either I end up making a really rushed post that just really doesn't have any impact at all, or I just have to skip it all together and lose momentum. So being able to use that scheduling feature, I think is really, really important. And Facebook has changed where that is now. You can't just start a post and you now actually have to go into, um, your publishing tools, yeah, publishing tools to do that. So we got a couple of questions here, Janet, from Jason. Now, I'm assuming this first question, we're probably going to want to defer to maybe another topic at another time. But I'm mm -hmm. going to read it just so um, he knows we got it. So Jason's question is, with advertising on Facebook, does it hurt the paper newspaper? And if so, how are they adjusting? I think that's probably something we can address maybe with a guest um, in the next couple of weeks or something like that, we can talk a little bit about the other forms of, mm -hmm. of advertising and, and media. Um, and then Jason has a question that I know you'll have an opinion about. I have an opinion about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so after that 12 or 24 hour time frame, do you, do you suggest reposting the same post or making a different post, just rewording it? Yes and no. Never repost the same post again because Facebook also knows that and they know that you're trying to game the system. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to help you in any way, shape or form. Rewording it, maybe tweaking the, the picture might help a little bit what you've put in there. But the reality is if you didn't get that much traction from it the first time that you posted it, rethink what you posted and why you posted it or when you posted it. Because it could be that it just wasn't that great of a post and it should just be allowed to die. You know, it's slow and painful death somewhere in your newsfeed. Um, another good example of how you can see sometimes that things will get new life. And it, it, it doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to. But I remember there used to be all of these things where people would, I would see a post on Facebook of somebody, one of my friends that were at the beach. And I'm thinking, they can't be at the beach. I just saw them yesterday. Well, the post was three years old and suddenly somebody had commented on that three-year-old post and breathed new life into it. So yeah. what you could do instead is get somebody, even if you're getting a friend to go in and say, hey, could you go to find this page, this post on my feed and get two or three of your friends to go in and make some comments that you can then engage with. It may breathe new life into that post without you having to repost it or do anything. So it takes sometimes a little bit of effort and a sometimes a little bit of shady <laughs> behind the scenes working, but mm -hmm. it, yeah, it, it still works. The other cool part about when that used to happen with friends is it was a clear cut sign that somebody was trolling your, your feed because that post wasn't going right. to come to them by accident. They were right. on your page and they were going through and going looking through, for something. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Oh, that, that's, <laughs> Right. That, that's more than a little creepy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and the cool part about knowing when your fans are online, and this all kind of comes back full circle to being able to schedule them, is it's going to force you to think about what your plan is. It's going to force you to think about your content. And if you're going to sit there like you do on Sunday night and you're thinking, okay, I've got five days. I want to make at least two posts or three posts a day. And you don't have to make mm -hmm. that many, but it's not going to hurt if you right. do. Then you've got to think about, okay, what posts am I going to make? You have to spend that time. And that goes back to tip number one, which is know your time commitment. 
to figure out what am I going to say? What message am I going to put out there? What image do I want to use and get them scheduled? The backside of that is then don't forget it. Because it is great to be able to sit down on a Sunday night and schedule all your posts and know, okay, that's done and taken care of. But you do still have to remember that you need to go back and maintain those posts. Go back and look and see when people have commented and answer them. It doesn't mean it's one and done. You said it and forget it. You still have to go back and monitor and manage the, the comments for those. But it does make it a whole lot easier if you can just schedule them, especially if you're able to schedule them when you know your people are online. That's going to at least give you a little bit more of a boost. Oh, certainly. Certainly. So I have another question from Miss Sue at White Picket Fence. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. Do you know when you're looking at insights, does the reach number show only from your original post or does it include shares to other group pages? Yes. And yes, it shows everything, but you have to do a little bit more to it. So if you're just scrolling through your newsfeed and you see that number, that number is for everything. If you open that post as your page, it opens into a new window and that new window will break down for you. How many people saw it organically as a post? How many people saw it because somebody else on their page liked it? It will give you the breakdown for who saw it organically, who saw it because somebody else shared it, who saw it because somebody else commented on it. Facebook will break those out for you in its own little shell for each one of those posts. This reminds me of, you know, back in December of last year when we when I put up the Christmas parade information and then I started sending you um, questions because. You know, that page and in, in, or that event in just a couple of days reached 17,000 people and I hadn't boosted it. You know, that was just an organic reach. But part of it is, you know, it's Christmas and that sort of stuff. But again, that's the sharing and the, you know, the people. Yeah. So, yeah, then I was able to do exactly what you said and see a little bit, delve a little deeper into what those numbers exactly meant. And shares, you know, back to Facebook and its its judginess. So. It judges the type of post that it is first and foremost. Then it judges what kind of reactions that it gets to those particular posts. Mm -hmm. And then it grades those to various degrees. So if you can get somebody to share your Facebook post, that is like the granddaddy of all big, big whoop de doos Mm -hmm. Facebook sees that you have a lot of shares. Then they think, wait a minute, maybe this post is more important than we thought because look at the number of people that are telling their network, this is important. I want you to see it. Mm -hmm. So the more shares you can get, the immediate response that you'll get to a higher reach, especially if you're sharing it in a group like Front Royal to Go that has 4,000 members. Well, I had a very important post last night. I was driving down Main Street and uh, Rick Novak and George Carnes were standing in front of the movie theater with Michael Novak, who manages the uh, Royal Cinemas. And they were getting ready to take a picture because, you know, they're going to start doing curbside concessions tonight. And so I was like, are you guys getting ready to put that up on Facebook? And Rick was like, why don't you come take your own picture? So I did. And I put it up on our Facebook. And then I went back 35 minutes later and checked it out just to see how it was performing. And it had already reached 1200 people. It had over a hundred likes. There were tons of comments. Now, first of all, you know, a lot of people really love movie theater popcorn. And I mean, I've heard, yeah. I know you gave Rick that suggestion. I know a lot of people along the way have said, man, I really wish that he'd sell some of that popcorn. Um, and so now that he's doing it, you know, and just the response was insane, but that's the sort of, you know, the sort of, you know, things that we're talking about is, you know, getting that reach. Well, and something else you just said too is is very valuable as well because if you had, and I don't want to say if you had allowed, but if Rick had made that post himself on the Royal Cinema's Facebook page and then the chamber had shared it, you wouldn't have gotten near the reach. You wouldn't have gotten any of the credit. So whenever possible, Use your own content. If you can stop and take a picture of something yourself and post it as your page, you're going to get a whole lot more bang for your buck than if you share something somebody else has already created. Absolutely. That's a really good, really good suggestion there. All right. So are we ready for number five? I think we are. 
Number five is know the rules. And I don't mean rules like don't cuss on your Facebook post, although you shouldn't cuss on your Facebook post. (laughs) Well, I I cuss on Twitter, but I don't cuss on Facebook. (laughs) Twitter's a different animal. (laughs) So understand, and again, it goes back to understanding, like from tip number one, what network you're using and how it works. So one of the big things that I don't think a lot of people understand or realize are videos. So number one, I don't think Sue liked that she can't cuss on her Facebook, Janet. I sorry, see. Well, she can cuss on her personal page, but she can't cuss <laughs> on her business page. <laughs> and that's why they created an emoji that cusses for you. So you don't have I love to. that emoji, actually. <laughs> so the the number the one of the things under know the rules, Facebook live videos. If you're going to do a Facebook live like what you and I are doing right now. They should last at least 10 minutes. Okay. If you're going to do a Facebook live video that's only a couple of minutes long, it is not going to have as much benefit for you as if you make it last at least. It should start at 10 minutes. It can go as much as 90. Mm -hmm. But the only only way that that 90-minute video is going to get enough content and enough engagement is if what you're saying is good. Uh So that's the other piece. But when people are trolling through their Facebook feeds and they see a live video, they already have an expectation that this is something that might take a while. It's something that's going to be here for a bit. Right. Uh So if you're going to do a Facebook live video, make sure that it is at least 10 minutes and typically no more than 90. Usually I'll try to keep them to 30 to 45 minutes, depending on what the content is. If you're going to upload a native video to Facebook, and this this is twofold. So if you have your own video that you want to put on Facebook and you're going to upload it like you would a picture, but instead it's a video, it should be at least 30 seconds long and no more than three minutes. Okay. Because when somebody is trolling through their Facebook feed, you get their attention for maybe three seconds five seconds if you're really, really lucky. So you've only got out of that 30 seconds, three to five seconds to catch their attention. And even then they're not going to sit very long for a video that they think they can come back to later. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. I, I don't have, I'll click on a video, but yeah, it more than likely I'm going to click off of it in five to 10 seconds because I just don't have the, Attention span, I guess you'd say, but yeah. Well, and that's just it. And the other piece of that is one of the big misconceptions that I hear over and over again from people is, well, I put my YouTube videos on Facebook all the time, but those videos just don't seem to get any reach. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because they're not a Facebook video. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people misunderstand what that means when you're doing a video. And if Facebook considers a native video something that you have uploaded directly to Facebook for viewing on Facebook. Right. When you post a link to a YouTube video, you are in effect sending somebody away from Facebook to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Facebook doesn't want people, A, leaving Facebook ever, and B, they certainly don't want them going to their biggest competitor. Of course. Mm -hmm. So posting a link to a YouTube video is not the same as posting an actual video on Facebook. So if say you post a YouTube video, is it likely to not get as much of a reach? Yep. I mean, it's there's the potential for it to be pushed. So when Facebook, so when I talked earlier about how Facebook kind of, quantifies all of these. So they Mm -hmm. look at a post and if it's a video, that's the number one type of post that Facebook wants you to make. Right. Second is photos. Third is sharing another Facebook page or another Facebook post. Okay. Fourth is just doing a status update with no text or no pictures or video, just a regular status update with text. And then fifth is a link somewhere else. Because Facebook's overall goal is to keep you on Facebook for as long as possible and bring you back to Facebook as many times as possible. So the reason that this whole algorithm even exists 
is to further Facebook's business plan. They want to be able to tell their advertisers, Jason was talking about boosting ads. They want to be able to tell their advertisers, we have this many people on average visiting our platform every month and they're staying on for an average of 23 minutes or however long it is. So they're not going to give any kind of boost or extra traction to something that they think people don't want to see. Right. Okay. And over the years, people have proven they want to see videos and photos. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they don't want you to leave. So they're not going to give a YouTube video any kind of traction whatsoever. Okay. So the other thing about videos is 65% of all Facebook video views come from mobile viewers. So okay. think about people using their phones when they're on Facebook. For the most part, that's what people are using when they get on Facebook. 85% of Facebook users watch videos with the sound off. Guilty. Facebook, yeah. Facebook gives you mm -hmm. the ability to add captions to your videos. And wow. I will sit and watch a video and read the captions before I turn the actual audio on, because more often than not, I'm also sitting next to my husband who's trying to watch TV or he's asleep next to me and it's two in the morning and I don't want to wake him up with whatever. I did that by accident the other night with mm -hmm. a Piedmont Symphony Orchestra. Rob Foster was doing a Facebook live with Piedmont Symphony Orchestra. And I'm like, is that live live like right now at 1030 at night? So I clicked on it to look and it opened it up and started blasting out. And he come up out of bed yeah. and thought the house was on fire. It was it's not a pretty situation to be in. <laughs> nice. Nice. So but kind of keep that in mind when you're thinking about your Facebook videos. If you're so, going to do a Facebook live, it's got to be longer. If you're going to upload it, you have to upload it for it to be native and it needs to be shorter. And if you can add captions, absolutely add captions. So Jason's asking, I, th I think you covered this, but just for cl clarification. So what if you share a YouTube video or any other media source on Facebook? Is that not good for business as well? Nope. No. Because when somebody clicks on that, it takes them away from Facebook and Facebook doesn't like that. So it's not that they're not going to show it to anybody, but they're going to show it to the least amount of people that they can mm -hmm. so that they can still say, hey, we put it out there. But they're not going to give it any kind of extra traction whatsoever. So you, you want the video uploaded from whether it's your phone yep. or your camera or your your desktop, whatever it is. Yep. So it it so that it so that it seems to be a yep. piece of Facebook versus coming from some other source. Yeah. Now there's a way around, uh, there's a way to kind of game that system too a little bit. So if you have a YouTube video that you've already put on YouTube and say it's 20 minutes long, well, that's a little bit longer than what Facebook typically wants as a native uploaded video. Edit that video to a minute, minute and a half. Mm -hmm. Upload that to your Facebook page Instead of adding a link, put the link in the text of your status update that mm -hmm. says, hey, here's the first couple of minutes of this really cool video I just put up on YouTube. Embed that link inside the text of your status update. Facebook still, their algorithm still recognizes that as a video post and not a post that's sending somebody away from Facebook. I do that all the time with pictures. If I have an article that I want to link to, but I don't want people to leave Facebook because I know it won't show it to very many people, I will pull a picture from that article and I upload it as a photo post and then embed the link in the actual text. It says, hey, you want to read this article? Click here. But when Facebook's algorithm is working, it identifies that post as a photo post, not a link outside of Facebook post. It's a great suggestion. So, and so far that's worked. Now, at some point, I'm guessing the algorithm's going to get smarter, but. Oh, of course. So far, yeah. it's not smarter than me. <laughs> awesome. So, the other two quick things about knowing the rules is, and th these, these are, one of these is my own personal rule. And I, you've heard me preach about this before too, is do not get into any kind of political stuff on yeah. your Facebook business page. Stay yeah. away from politics. Know what the, the etiquette is. Maybe rules mm -hmm. is the wrong word for that particular piece of advice and more it's more etiquette. Stay away from politics wherever possible on your business page. You can say and do whatever you want to do on your personal page, but just know freedom of speech does not is not freedom of consequences or responsibility. It's very true. 
Um, and then the last thing is kind of along those lines is think before you make a post. Don't ever make a Facebook post on your business page in the heat of the moment. Don't ever respond to a comment to somebody in the heat of the moment. Think for a second. And if you go to put something up, just stop, take another look at it and think how, what are all of the ways this post could be perceived? Because you know what you mean when you get ready to make a post, but that may not be how I read it. It may not be how you read it. It may not be how people see it. That's that's the key. And Andrew is now commenting on my watch party that he recalls hearing someone say that recently about freedom of, of speech. And yes, I will give full props to that was a conversation I had with my fearless leader, Andrew Shear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fair I enough. mean, think about it because it could be taken in any number of different ways. And quite frankly, if you have a post that you have to give that much thought to, it's probably not a post you should be making in the first place. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's good. Like if you, if it's bothering you and you feel the need to, you type it out and then you delete it. Oh, That's I do that process. all the time. That's my process. Yes. Yep. Because I do that you, all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I go on Twitter because on Twitter there, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> rest over there, right? <laughs> So here's my bonus tip, because I know I've already done my five, but my bonus tip is ask for help. Mm -hmm. Don't go it alone. Not nobody knows everything. Even I don't know everything. Well, maybe I do, but I don't know everything that there is to know. Ask other professionals, reach out to experts in the field like me. Reach out to other businesses and say, hey, how are you doing X, Y, Z? Or what posts have worked really well for you? Ask your customers, what would you like to see more of on our social media? You can ask family or friends, though you got to be careful with that because more often than not, they're going to tell you what you want to hear, which isn't always solid advice. But ask for help. Go use Google to find out how something works or how something doesn't work or any of that kind of stuff. It, it it is not a sign of weakness to ask somebody for help to learn how to do something that you don't know how to do and you want to be better at. Exactly. Well, I think this is great. So Sue says, Oh my gosh, I just noticed all your signs are in orange way to brand Janet. <laughs> And is she noticing my background? That's not a fake background. That's my actual kitchen wall. Oh, yeah. The coffee, coffee, coffee. Yeah. Um, Sue also wanted me to clarify that she was not, she was not saying old darn about the cussing. She was saying old darn about following the rules. (laughs) (laughs) So I ask if anybody has any more questions, Janet, just to see if we have more. And um, so. We're going to do this again next week. Yep. And then we talked a little bit about this before we went on to Facebook. Um, So we're going to throw it out there and see what happens. It's either going to be a huge flop or we're going to be inundated. But maybe not next week, but in a future episode, we want to reach out to anybody that may want free coaching. So if somebody, and I'll use Sue as an example because we love Sue. So if Sue says, hey, I want to come do the show and ask Janet all of my questions and have her have done a a pre-review of my social media or my website or any of that so that we can talk about it on the Facebook Live and I can get a live coaching session, we're going to open that up to anybody who's watching, chamber member, no chamber member, to come and be on the show with us and get some advice on what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, any of that. Right. But they got to reach out to you or to me, preferably to you. (laughs) And it has to be somebody who's willing to take some constructive criticism, I would imagine, right? Yes. Live on Facebook. (laughs) Live on Facebook. Yeah. So anyway... So we've put that out there in the universe. Hopefully somebody will take us up on it. And um, I want to give a quick plug, Janet, for our coffee break check-in tomorrow at 10 a.m. We had a terrific first session um, last week. 
and um, we are looking forward to one tomorrow. If you're interested in joining us for that, uh, you can go to um, you can go to the Facebook events on the Chambers uh, Facebook and um, confirm that you're coming, and I'll send you an email with the meeting link in it. Um, and Sue wants to know if we're going to be posting topics in advance, Shanna. We kind of have been, just not very far in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so, you so know, we did I like, two weeks ago, we said that it was about email. And then this week it was about this. But if somebody has topics, absolutely yeah. send them to me and I'll put something together and we can certainly do that. So Janet, um, Janet Poe, Janet said that she would love some coaching. So, okay. Um, and great. what is her business? Who is she with? Um, I'll I'll send you all of her information and I'll reach out to her too to get some of that. Uh, Janet is a new business uh, locally and she is doing um, training for folks who are um, uh, CNAs, uh, health takers, that sort of stuff. So she's um, uh, she is. I guess this would be a timely um, time. This quite frankly, was an interesting time, you know, for her to open, open her business with everything that's going on in the world today. And I would imagine that, um, that business is going to be, going to be running, running, running. Yeah. yeah. It comes so, with its own set of opportunities and difficulties. So, right. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. And, um, you know, if anybody else is interested in that, send us an email to, or send me an email or reach out to us so we can get some stuff scheduled. And yeah, Janet, if folks have topics that you'd like to hear about, mm -hmm. um, yep. the name of Janet's business is Empowering Health Education. Um, and so we'll work with Janet and Sue. If you're interested, um, you'd be fun to work with too. And um, yeah, but you can go to yes. Yeah, you can go to the Chambers Facebook page and send a private message. You can go to Java yeah. Media's page and send a private message. You can, yeah, reach out however you want to and say, hey, I, I'm, I'd like you to talk about X, Y, Z, or yeah. I have a couple of questions about this. And, I, yeah, I, if I don't know enough about the topic, I'll just do the research and, and yeah, and know yeah. enough about it by the time I talk. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right, well. Oh, Sue thinks we just want to pick on her. Uh, of course not. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been fun as always. Yes. I really enjoy it. Um, the, you know, I hesitantly dove into the world of virtual meetings and now I'm really liking them. I'm not sure what we're going to do when, you know, when things get better and, you know, we start going back to actual in-person meetings. Um, I know. But I'm looking forward to that, too. So. I'm getting ready next my at, at three o'clock. I'm recording tomorrow's radio show over Zoom for, with right. the Discovery Museum. And I don't have to leave my house and I won't show you the pajamas that I'm wearing right now. But I am going to keep these pajamas right. on. I, I think that's terrific. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I told you, I told the story. I've said it out loud before to folks that the only reason I'm not doing more working from home is the animals. And one day late last week, I sat down at my desk at the house. And I started to work and it within five minutes, there was a cat sitting on the keyboard and there was a dog. We have a really tall dog standing next to me, licking my cheek as I was trying to type. And so that was clearly not, you know, clearly not a good situation. So <laughs> I will continue to work from the office. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Janet, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, we look forward to seeing everybody next week, next yep. Thursday at 1.30. And yep. we'll get the topic out there soon. All right. Thanks. All right, bye.